Black Expo East returns to Philadelphia March 2024. It's your East Coast connection for packaging and processing solutions. Be there to catch up on the latest industry advances, connect with suppliers, and land on the right solutions for your entire production line. From automation and sustainability to e-commerce and much, much more. Register at PackExpoEast.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. In this insightful episode, Steve Davis from Industrial Physics takes a deep dive into his Innovation Stave presentation from Pack Expo Las Vegas. Based on the report, How Packaging Innovation Impacts Testing Solutions in 2023, Davis reveals the research's surprising emphasis on plastics, as well as cutting-edge materials like functionalized paper. Let's have a listen. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, welcome to the podcast, Steve Davis. Nice to meet you, Sean. So what inspired the research that ultimately led to How Packaging Impacts? solutions in 2023. You spoke about this on the innovation stage at Pack Expo Las Vegas. What was it that really, you know, triggered the research uh, for you? Industrial physics, as you know, operates in a multitude of end markets. We operate in the consumer end market. Uh, we operate in white, you know, uh, uh, white goods and that kind of thing. We've got general sort of test and inspection equipment for packaging in general, cardboard, etc. And we're very big into metal packaging and PET. Um, we've got a bunch of teams working in the product group, uh, helping customers with technical questions and testing materials, etc. And over the years, it's been a fairly well-trodden path. And then throughout sort of the end of 2021, 2022, we started to get requests to test materials that we hadn't seen before or test existing materials in a new way. Um, and they were all... I wouldn't say left field, but just unusual for the sort of standard types of tests that we've been producing for years or test methodologies. Um, and we just wanted to understand more from our customer base about why they were asking these questions, what was driving them to test these new materials uh, or you know, what was the catalyst and hence the research that we um, commissioned with a third party to go out to our customer base and just ask some fairly straightforward fundamental questions. And that really was the inspiration for the report. After doing the report and, you know, pulling the, the research and the data, was there anything in the research results that surprised you? Yes and no. I think the overall focus on plastics, if you like, is from the broad gamut of materials, some mm -hmm. of them are sustainable as they already are. Some of them are seen as not sustainable, but in principle, it was the amount of focus that was being put on plastics within the industry as the material of choice to try and innovate around or off or away from. I think over half the people that we interviewed said, you know, we're trying to innovate away from plastic. That was by far and away the biggest category. Um, and that kind of surprises really. We all knew it was happening in the background, 
but uh, just the amount of the level of focus on those particular materials was quite interesting and surprising. Was this just uh, flexible packaging plastic for packaging or, or, you know, rigid as well or a little bit of both? Uh, no, it went across the whole thing, really. So flex, uh, rigid plastics were the, the, the number one uh, focus, followed very, very closely by flexible packaging. You know, sort of 59, 60% of the respondents said that rigid plastics were their biggest area of, uh, of innovation or, or focus, followed by about 59% for flexible packaging. So again, uh, plastics, either sort, scored very highly with the with the uh, the data in, in the data set that we got from from our customer base so i guess could you share some examples of the packaging innovation that you've been seeing in the industry this year uh there's some really sort of funky ones which the, the most interesting one is a functionalized paper um which is a mixture of paper and a resin it's a it's hundred percent uh recyclable traditionally with with papers particularly They've always got some sort of plastic membrane attached to them, which is the impermeable barrier, if you like, uh, or, or the waterproof barrier, uh, and it makes it very difficult to recycle uh, in the in, in the circular economy. It's difficult to separate the plastic from the paper, and yeah, perhaps the most interesting one uh, out there was the the material, this functionalized paper, which is intended to sort of replace that kind of material and give you a completely one hundred percent recyclable paper, rigid container and I thought that was a really interesting one in terms of the existing materials that you're seeing that we already have in the marketplace I think the the, the most interesting innovation is the amount of water which traditionally has gone into either plastic rigid containers um, like RPET or, or, or virgin PET which are transitioning across into metal containers so there isn't a day goes by without you see uh, some brand owner launching a, a, a water brand in a rigid metal container um, and I think those are the two kind of standout things that I've seen this year in the industry fascinating I guess how, how are you and your team impacted by the the significant level of innovation we're currently seeing in the packaging industry it's given us some good challenges like I said earlier we have a bunch of uh, product professionals uh, steeped in their industries who are there to assist the industry in the development of standards and tests. And they're really being challenged to come up with new test methodologies, new test methods, and new standards. That Because most of the standards that the industry uses within rigid containers or flexible packaging are actually in-house standards. Maybe only 30% of them come from government standards or ASTM standards or ISO standards. So the bit that's impacting us the most is that with these new materials or the innovation, if you like, or the developments that people want to make um, is the assistance that we're, we're giving in the development of new testing standards and test methodologies in order to be able to get these materials to the point where people trust them, they're reliable, and they can then deploy them in the marketplace. And on top of that, the when we're thinking of developing a new product, a new test, or a new gauge, a new instrument, um, we have to think of a broader scope of applications than perhaps we did before, or just a different set of uh, uh, in terms of reference from our customer base. Interesting. So. Do any of these concern you? Any of these innovations, you know, 
concern you from what you're observing? Or if so, what, what concerns you about the innovations that you're observing? I think the only thing we've currently got a concern about is the speed at which we can develop the standards with the industry, um, particularly where in-house standards are concerned. Government standards tend to sort of be a little bit more straightforward to deal with. They're well flagged, but they're not necessarily targeted at the user's success in manufacturing. Most of the industry standards are there to make sure that you can manufacture them successfully and they're fit for purpose. Um, So if you think about, uh, for the sake of argument, in metal containers, they switched a while ago from epoxy-based lacquers to polyester-based lacquers. That was well well trailed by the governments. Mm -hmm. Um, And that caused some some new tests that needed to be made or additional tests that needed to be made to the metal containers to make sure that they they did comply. Um, But in principle, the switch caused manufacturing issues, which the the industry needed to solve. Um, And it's really how fast you can develop the tests and the standards to allow the customer base to successfully deploy those new materials, I think, is the concern that we have. There's billions of good ideas. Um, lots of people focusing on different types of material for different different packaging mediums. Um, but it's how quickly you can develop the standards so that people trust that the medium will provide the solution to the task it's being given. Yeah, that's understandable and makes complete sense. So I guess, what do you expect to see happening within the industry, you know, over the next months, uh, next couple of years, things like that. What, what sort of developments are you expecting? Um, good question. Uh, it's such a broad church and it depends which end market you're looking. Um, in sort of consumer goods, they've got a slightly different need uh, in terms of it's not necessarily got to be reusable, but it does need to be recyclable in the in the rigid packaging industry for drinks, for instance, then there's lots of emphasis being put forward in terms of reuse. Uh, and then in the pharmaceutical industry, they're not at all interested in uh, space. <laughs> you know, they, And they're not at all interested in any kind of legislation that's coming down the track. I think they're, they're, they're ahead of the legislation and they probably write it for them. Uh, and, and I think in, in, the, in the pharmaceutical industry, it's a given anyway. You really do have to comply. I think... The research tells us that everybody is innovating. You know, 89% of, our, uh, of the people surveyed said that they're investing in innovation in packaging. Um, the choices of materials they're looking at are incredibly broad. Um, the applications are incredibly broad. There's less emphasis on what the customer actually would like to see in terms of shapes and diversity. I think the industry is focusing more on the sustainability argument, hoping or expecting that the marketplace just accepts that as the primary driver for say, uh, sorry, the, the, the primary reason why they would purchase. You know, um, in other words, you, you're not that bothered if, you, if your Coca Cola is in a in a, a, a red container as long as it's in recyclable packaging or reusable packaging so i think we're just going to see so much more diversity over the coming few years i think it'll take maybe longer than a few years for some of these alternative materials biodegradable materials to get to market Um, and i think we'll see customers potentially shifting packaging formats in the future 
um, as they strive to meet their sustainability goals. I think we're likely to see lots of supply chain constraints, particularly around recyclable materials. And I think, again, that may well drive some of the brand owners to switch packaging formats into a recyclable material that's more available or as a more solid circular economy. Very, very interesting. So I guess to kind of put a button on our little talk here, um, circling back to the research that you're, you guys put together, what would you say is the biggest lesson that packaging professionals should take from that research? Um, there's so much in the report to view, um, but I think it's the breadth really of the materials that people are looking at. Yes, there's some key number one, you know, focuses, focus points, but there's such a breadth of, of materials that people are looking at. Um, and, and underlying that are many, I think, different and local reasons why they might become successful. Um, certainly talking to some of my you know, key customers, um, if you ask them if they're going to put their drinks into paper, they say certainly not because it's not recyclable. What about metal containers? You know, certainly not because I view the energy requirements of a recycled aluminium container to be too high. So I think the the key takeaway is it's a, it's a complex area with many, many drivers which are visible and lots of personal views within the key decision makers which are going to drive the way packaging is developed in the coming years. And I think that's probably the key one just the complexity of the problem and i think the second point is the the everybody came back to us and said that cost is a is a is a major concern um or consideration in their choice of material you know they've got a business model which is based around certain container cost and a certain uh, whatever goes in it cost and depending on the industry it's not an issue in in the pharmaceutical industry less of an issue when it comes to the consumer goods industry but a big issue when it comes to uh, the food and beverage industry because the container in certain circumstances forms a fairly sizable component of the cost and in other areas it doesn't so again cost is a, is a big consideration that's stuck out in the report like a bit of a sore thumb interesting yeah cost is always a driver of change <laughs> or poses a um, barrier to being a driver of change so that's interesting that that would also go along with this report as well well with that i, I want to thank you so much steve for taking time out of your day to come on here and and sort of break down how packaging impacts testing solutions and uh sharing it with our audience oh, thank you very much for the opportunity Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.